Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my apartment, social distance recording, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hi, Matt. I'm literally in a closet right now. Same. I'm sitting against my shoe rack with my <laughs> all of my flannels are above me. I've hung a blanket on the wall. I'm sitting on an ottoman that I've dragged into my bedroom. And I don't know if you can hear this, but A, I have a beard. Oh, I hear it. I hear the... Mm, Love that. And I'm sitting in my underwear. (laughs) (laughs) I was considering going pantsless for this recording, but I decided to have like a teensy bit of dignity. Also, I'd be cold. Really, my main concern is that for some reason, the Baptist church next door will decide to like be in session because you can hear their sermons directly in my apartment. So just praying that they're not praying right now. And I think we'll be good to go. (laughs) Wait, are they still meeting oh they met on sunday (laughs) great yeah yeah anyway so yes bear with us we are remotely recording we're on the phone with one another this is probably how we'll have to do it for a little while now but we're still gonna make unhappy hour and give you some giggles every week so let's get on with today's episode we'll kick things off as always with worst things first where i shout about some of the worst stuff of the week (laughs) maybe not the worst worst because guess what people are still doing stupid shit after that we're diving deep into our favorite things Because we've been complaining and freaking out enough in our day-to-day lives that we thought, why don't we take a minute and talk about the stuff that we love that's getting us through these difficult times. And finally, we've got Erin Hayes on the pod. She's an actress and co-stars in Netflix's Medical Police with Rob Hubel, who was on last week. BT Debs, we recorded this interview with her back in February. So if some of the items seem a little outdated, well, that's because we were talking right before all the shit hit the fan. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's put on our face masks and start the show. All right. Worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. Well, some of the worst. First, a man in New Mexico is facing charges after admitting to police that he stole two televisions, but that it was just an accident. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I slipped. Oops. Yeah, that's how it happens. You know, you know how you accidentally steal a TV. 
So basically, he was arrested following an attempt to return the TVs to the apartment where he (laughs) stole them. According to police, an officer was investigating a burglary report, and the man came up to him and was like, oh, yeah, that was me. (laughs) And his excuse, he told police he was very intoxicated when he entered the residence. Basically, he was like, listen, I showed up. I knocked on the door. Nobody was home. So I went in. And then I forgot what happened next. But I woke up and had two TVs in my apartment. (laughs) Santa came early. (laughs) Then I guess two days later, he was told by a mutual friend um, where the TVs came from. So, like, I guess he and the victim had, like, a mutual friend. And the mutual friend was like, oh, yeah, my friend is missing two TVs. (laughs) I actually have a weirdly similar story. What? (laughs) Okay. What does that even mean? (laughs) You'll see. You'll see. So in college, I went to school at an Indiana university and it's a lot of houses with porches. And so there was a lot of drunk porch theft that went on in Bloomington. Mm -hmm. So I also, I, I used to drive a Dodge Caravan and it had, it was a 2001 Dodge Caravan. So it had those captain seats that you can just like take out. It was before they did the cool thing where they like go into the car. You know what I mean? Like into the floor. And so I was moving stuff. So I just like took the seat out and put it on our porch and we were like, fuck it. Let's just use this as a chair because we're cheap college students. And then one morning I woke up and the chair was gone from the porch and i was like wait i need that it's um it's a it's for my car and so i posted on facebook and i was like hey if anyone around bloomington happens to see a gray 2001 dodge caravan captain seat lying around let me know cuz ours was stolen off of our porch last night and then this <laughs> dude who i know commented and was like i'm so sorry i was really drunk and I have it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, what? I guess you get honesty. Yeah. Well, then I was like, cool, please bring it back. And also you owe me ice cream or something. And then the dude took that because men are fucking dumb to think I was asking him out on a date. <laughs> and it escalated from there. But uh, yeah. So I. And now uh, you're married. And now we're married. That's actually who I live with. That's Alex. That's our meet cute. It's not. Thank God. That guy ended up not stalking me, but like fairly close. That's oh another story. But yeah, so I really, I really relate to this. This is like the most relatable <laughs> worst things first for me ever. I mean, yeah. Well, this guy did get arrested. So, <laughs> which honestly feels like, you know, he's admitting it. Yeah, he admitted he repented. I mean, yeah, he probably should have been arrested. But still, I just feel like we need to be lenient a little bit. I do love how all of the police now are like, in light of coronavirus, we're going to take it easy on on most criminals. It's like, (laughs) what what were you doing before? (laughs) I know, it's almost like all of these systems were bad. (laughs) Yeah, anyway. In other crimes... Authorities in North Carolina are searching for two suspects who were captured chaining an ATM to a stolen pickup truck and attempting to drag it away. (laughs) Oh, man. I just Uh, like what is I never think about like, oh, yeah, I guess there is like a shitload of money in an ATM machine. I know, but it can't be as easy as taking it on a pickup truck. Like, what do you do with it once you have it? Right. Aren't they like literally uh, built to withstand something like this? Right. Remember when that man was stuck in the ATM? (laughs) That was literally going to be my next thought was (laughs) what if they stole it and there was just a tiny man inside? (laughs) Yeah, there was that story. It was like a few years ago now where a man somehow crawled inside of an ATM machine and was like handing out money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To be a man stuck in an ATM machine right now. That's social distancing. (laughs) And finally, a dog from Florida, only in Florida, who had been missing for more than two months has been found more than 1,400 miles away in Michigan. Yes. 
I'm loving these stories. Last month, it was the cat who mm-hmm. somehow ended up in like Portland. <laughs> and now we got this. We're, we're literally completing Homeward Bound. I love it. Anyway, the person who discovered the dog named Simba said that she lured him in with a snack and took him to an animal clinic. And shockingly, he had a microchip in, which is usually rare when they find uh, lost dogs. Get your animals microchipped. And then after that, you need to register them. That's a problem. That was We found a dog once and it was microchipped, but they never registered the microchip. So it was useless. <laughs> anyway, fun PSA. That's when my parents got one of their dogs. They like found a dog running around the streets and they posted it. It didn't have like a collar or anything. So they posted like found dog and waited a certain amount of time and like nobody claimed it. Who knows? Maybe it was actually from Florida. (laughs) It could be. (laughs) Um, But they do suspect. So this dog was called uh, this dog was a canary mastiff. I don't know what what the fuck that is. I got to look that up right now. I bet it's hella cute. But apparently it's like a very um, rare breed. <gasps> oh, he's a big boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn. This this is like Turner and Hooch type dog. Yeah, this looks it looks like a big oh pit. Oh, my God. With <laughs> this like dog is huge jowls. <laughs> yeah, that it is looks a like freaky a dog jaguar. to see out in the wild. <laughs> it looks like a jaguar. <laughs> this thing. Uh, okay, just Google image search Canary Mastiff if you are looking to be terrified of dogs. This is like the dog of death. <laughs> I mean, like, if I saw this dog on the street, I would run aggressively in the opposite direction. <laughs> and then it would chase you. The person who found the dog brought it to an animal hospital and the veterinary assistant there said that uh, these dogs are like $1,000. Like the cheapest one they said is $1,800. Damn. If you're you're purchasing your dogs off of of the the free market, the free dog market, (laughs) so that this dog might have been abducted with the intent of selling it. Mm. Womp womp. But anyway, Simba is found. Were they reunited with their owner? Doesn't say. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I think that they're in the process of sending it back where it belongs since he he did have a chip. So it said that they know his name is Simba. So they must have got it back to his owner. Let's just imagine that this story has a happy ending, even if it doesn't. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're diving deep into our favorite things. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. All right, so obviously it feels like the world is falling apart around us. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) But really, now more than ever, it feels like the bad news is just relentless. No matter where you turn, we're we're basically getting bad news bukkake at it everywhere, everywhere you turn. Oh my god, my mom is gonna ask me what bukkake means in like two weeks. I just know it. <laughs> so uh, as we settle into our new normal of isolation for the next, I don't know, probably several weeks, we thought we'd save our unhappy hour bitching for the weeks to come and focus today on all the stuff that's bringing us joy through these tough times. So think of it as like a whole deep dive of chasers, the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier. Some big things, some little things, but all happy things. So are we ready? I'm ready. All right, first, I've been building out my my home spa situation. Ooh. Yeah, basically, I've just been trying to experiment more with my, uh, you know, my my bath and body products. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I mean, I've definitely used, like, exfoliating body products before, but I used this body scrub for the first time yesterday, and you've truly never experienced joy until you've exfoliated your butt. <laughs> <laughs> it was life-changing. I think I said in last week's interview that I use Kiehl's products uh, and uh, they have this like grapefruit body scrub. 
I don't know. Sometimes you read the ingredients of some of these like bath stuff and it's like, all right, you're doing a lot with this, this ingredient list. I don't <laughs> like just call it a fucking body scrub and I'll rub it on myself. I don't need to know like how you raised an apricot and then like took its seeds out to rub against my face. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Wow. So tropical. I, I've never used a full like body scrub, I don't think, but I did recently get a dry brush, which is literally just a brush for your body. (laughs) And, And I started using it. And so you do it before you go in the shower and you just like get all the dead skin off and it's gross, but it also feels so fun (laughs) to just like brush your whole body. And I too brush my butt and it is truly joyful. It's not like a loofah. No, it's like before it because it's specifically called a dry brush. So I'm assuming it's for before you go in the shower, but it's not to like get your soap on. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like you like scrub yourself down with it beforehand and then you go into the shower. Oh, weird. I think or I'm doing it wrong. (laughs) You know what? If it makes you feel good, then that's what's important. Thank you so much. I'm like very good about thinking about my face and my hands when I think of like skincare, but not the rest of my body. Like to me, that's what feels like very luxurious is like, oh, you're doing a body scrub and like a body moisturizer, even though that is part of the basics of skincare. Because <laughs> like that's most of your body. But I'm just like, I treat the I treat the parts of me that most people see. But yeah, now that I've been locked up, uh, I'm like, you know what? We're doing full body spa every day. But continuing the skincare theme, uh, face masks in general, I'm trying to experiment more with. We talked about this a few weeks ago, but there's the YouTube video of Liv Tyler. She made this for Vogue. She goes through her skincare routine. You sent it to me. It literally haunts me. Also... A listener actually went through that entire video and added up how much everything costs <laughs> and what her daily routine would cost. And it was like over a thousand dollars, which I mean, if you're Liv Tyler, sure, you can. Right. But that was amazing. And thank you to the person who did that for us and for yourself. I fully believe it. There's an, a very aggressive 25 steps. Uh, the video is from seven months ago. Honestly, the whole the video itself is soothing just because she talks like she's whispering a baby chipmunk to sleep. <laughs> but the thing that stuck with me from it is that she does, I guess, daily both a like drying face mask and a hydrating face mask. And it, like I was only familiar with the ones that are kind of like clay, basically, that you rub on uh-huh. and then they dry. And then it sucks out all of the gunky stuff. And then Mm -hmm. your face feels like the outside of a a Nutri-Grain bar. (laughs) And then you wipe it off. Um, But now I'm like, fuck, Liv Tyler needs me to be doing a hydrating face mask. And I also would like to look like an immortal elf confidently shopping at some boutique fashion store. That is Liv Tyler's vibe as I Absolutely. Next. Uh, Another thing that brings me great joy, watching YouTube videos, uh, obviously, but I'm talking about some of the classics. Uh, The big one for me, Vine compilations. Nothing brings me more perpetual joy. I don't care how many times I've seen every single Vine. I can watch an hour-long Vine compilation on repeat. You know, Barry, every time we go to L.A. and we get high, the first thing I want to watch is Vine compilations. I will say I I was not hip to Vine when it was a thing. Um, And like early on in our friendship, that was something you introduced me to was Vine compilation videos. And I don't really watch YouTube videos on my own, but I I always enjoy watching them with you. The one that makes me laugh, like cry laugh every time is come get y'all juice. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like either a mom or like an older sister shouting, come get y'all juice. And then she's... (laughs) She puts like grease or something or like she pours like grease or something on the kitchen floor and then calls out to the children who come running and slide into the kitchen and go immediately. They smash into the stove, into the oven, and it shatters. (laughs) 
<laughs> and all of this happens in six seconds. I mean, my favorite genre of Vine is when something truly chaotic happens and then they like cut away from it and you're left to kind of fill in the picture. It's it's true joy. Um, <laughs> two other favorite YouTube videos when I was thinking of timeless videos that make me laugh every time. Um I mean, the other big genre is news bloopers, and one of my favorite. Oh is... yes, you ha- you have made me watch many a many a news blooper compilation. <laughs> yeah, uh, mostly because it like pops up when you're looking at Vine compilations. It always like says suggested news bloopers. But anyway, there's a video called Ryan Lochte interview makes anchor cry. I don't even know what city it's in. But it's like a local news anchor who's doing an interview with Ryan Lochte over like video chat. And he is so dumb. <laughs> he's so like <laughs> shockingly. And he it's he's promoting like a reality show that he was doing. And when they hang up with him, <laughs> they're like still on the air. They know that they're on the air. But both of the anchors start like sobbing laughing because they're like how the fuck are they supposed to film an entire reality show with this man when we can barely get him to answer like basic questions (laughs) it's the funniest thing like watching other people laugh that hard brings me great joy and then my other favorite i might have even mentioned this on the podcast before is a video titled is the moon a planet or a star (laughs) and it is a clip from qvc where isaac mizrahi the designer the clothes designer and a qvc host for some reason someone mentions the moon and they call it the planet moon and then they get into like a two-minute debate over whether the moon is a planet or a star (laughs) (laughs) it's a moon (laughs) and it's just like the increasing level of anger <laughs> that they exhibit over this debate is truly, I laugh so hard every single time, especially the moment when Isaac calls to someone off, like clearly a producer who he calls chunky. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we can play a clip of it. Excuse you were trying me? to take me no. down that road. Oh, wait, the moon I, is not a planet. Me, chunky, if you're listening to this me, you have Rose to Google Bud. the moon. Someone, okay? I can guarantee you someone's Googling right now. The moon is such a planet. I can't even stand it. The moon is not a planet. What else is it if it's not a planet? It is not. I believe it's a star. Uh, how about you? Um, so, like I said, I'm not a huge uh, YouTube watcher. We get it. Okay, you I'm have so a life. Sorry. But there are two internet things that I really love that are very recent. Um, one is Whitmer Thomas, who we're going to have on the podcast in a couple weeks, maybe even next week. He is a comedian and he put out this video because he's also a musician that is so fucking weird. And it's him with like the baby filter face. So it makes his face look like it's a baby's face. And he just wrote this song for it. And I it's so weird. I retweeted it. You should just go watch it. I have been dancing to it in my apartment because everything feels insane. And it just makes me laugh because it's so dumb. Um, And I really think it's silly and fun um and the other thing is so chelsea devantes who we've had on the podcast before she had a short film come out and it was supposed to like debut at south by southwest but obviously south by southwest was canceled so she has been doing these unreal videos where like she's in full makeup full outfit she's like doing press tours all from her apartment pretending like she's at south by southwest And then, like, disassociativeness of it is so good (laughs) and so funny. And some people think she's actually there. And she's like, what? (laughs) Guys, no. She did, like, a step and repeat where she, like, printed out the word South by Southwest and put it up to make it look like she's on a step and repeat. And it's really great. And I'm excited to watch her (laughs) short film, which is called Basic, which I think you can now watch online. But yeah, so those those things are like the only things yeah. have been, that have been bringing me joy on the internet right now. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. It feels like we're watching everybody have a mental break in real time. <laughs> and some of it is funny, like intentionally funny. And some of it is like, uh, this is there's an underlying like sadness. There was one that made me f- laugh really hard too of, of this comedian who did a stand-up set from her apartment for her dog (laughs) 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 that we'll have to retweet from the unhappy hour account, but I'll I'll have to send it. 
some other stuff bringing me joy uh, on the on the YouTube theme. Bon Appetit test kitchen videos, obviously. Uh, I've talked about my my uh, adoration and love for Claire Saffitz, who hosts Gourmet Makes, which I've talked about before. You know, she makes uh, gourmet versions of popular snack foods from scratch. She basically tries to like start from zero and and make them from scratch, and often like loses her mind in the process. But it's very cathartic. Um, but they have a few other series that I, I also love watching, even though it's still hard for me to watch food videos because they just make me hungry. But that's why I like Bon Appetit, because I feel like the videos um, are enough about kind of them as personalities that it doesn't make me feel too hungry. Anyway, there's um, It's Alive with Brad. Brad is like, I don't know, from like New Jersey or New England, somewhere in New England. Is New Jersey, New England? I don't know. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> the Northeast. He sure. just has like a very thick, like New Englander accent. Okay. And like way too much energy. But the through line for all of his videos are that he makes stuff that is uh, technically alive. So like sourdoughs and kombucha and all of this stuff that is like relies on gross yeasty bacterial stuff. <laughs> Then there's Back to Back Chef with Carla Lolly Music. Yeah, she has like celeb guests and she does them back to back. She has She does uh, them back to back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She has celeb guests. She stands back to back so they don't see one another. Um, and she has to describe how to make something and the celebrity has to follow along. She's also lobbying very hard to get Harry Styles to be a guest, and uh I support it. <laughs> oh my god. My dream last night, by the way, was like running into Harry Styles. And then we all went to the Met together and just like looked at art. That was actually my dream last night. And it was <laughs> I did not want to wake up at all. <laughs> by we all, you mean me included? Of course. Good. If I dreamt about Harry Styles without you, I think that I wouldn't wake up in the morning because you somehow would have like Freddy Cougared me. And murdered me in my dream. I know. I'm very worried about his concerts. I know. Well, let's think of more happy stuff. Next! Cooking. I've been trying to do a lot more of. Uh, I made quinoa for the first time yesterday. Okay. Because I'm that bitch. <laughs> um, I also ordered a, a rice cooker. So yeah, rice try... cookers are amazing. Basically, I'd love to come out of quarantine with a few other skills that I don't, uh, that I didn't go into it with. And I feel like cooking, like, just like the staples is like, I don't need to know how to make like a fucking, I don't know, like fancy ass dinner. But uh -huh. if I learn how to like make quinoa, it'll be a success. And guess what? <laughs> I I learned. I'm you so proud of You put it in boiling you? water. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of couscous because it's even easier because all you do, are you ready for this? You boil water, then you turn the heat off, put the couscous in mix it up with a fork, put a lid on it, and you just let it sit for five minutes, and then it's done. It's Amazing. so easy. I love couscous. And I love making tahini because that's also very easy. I have been cooking a ton, and it really does bring me joy. I am fully into cooking now. And one of the things that has made me really happy is making broth, which I always assumed was some like really insane thing to do, but it's very easy. So that is something that like when I do it, I feel like an absolute prairie home queen um and i love it and i've been trying to like actually read cookbooks instead of just using it for recipes and uh i've been reading allison roman's new cookbook which is called nothing fancy and then melissa clark i i've just realized that like all of my favorite recipes on new york times cooking app all happen to be melissa clark's so i bought her cookbook dinner which is super great and probably has a lot of the like more simple kind of dinners to make and the way she writes it's just like very easy to follow along so yeah cooking has definitely made me very happy in these past couple of days yeah and baking i haven't baked much in the last week but Ooh, baby we've got focaccia rising right now Ooh. I feel like one of the like three uh, activities that people have resorted to the working from home, like quarantine activities are making bread first and foremost, going live on Instagram, 
Yep. And I don't know, crying. Yeah, I had my first quarantine cry the other day. Oh, good. <laughs> Won't be my last. <laughs> but honestly, it felt good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll post more of my baking stuff. but And are... I'll post more of my crying videos. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, before we move into our favorite um, TV shows and movies and stuff, um, my last thing has been posting thirst traps. Even yes. though I would call my posts maybe like thirst trap light. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on track to post my first uh, shirtless photo by Memorial Day. We'll see <laughs> <laughs> if there's a society by then. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my fitness journey has been a, a journey and not, you know, we have not arrived at the destination. But I get why people um, with abs like post their abs all the time. <laughs> But let's face it, if I'm going to be spending the next, like, several weeks in my underwear, like, there's going to be a photos of me in my underwear. Any last from you before we go to TV shows? No, I mean, I haven't done this yet, but something I've been wanting to do is just, like, wear my fancy outfits that I only wear to weddings just, just to wear them. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be, like, yeah, week four. Yeah, I'm not there yet, but we're we're getting there. All right. So we do always talk about our fave TV shows during our chasers because obvi, we are huge TV people. Um, and so I do feel like in, in tough times in particular, it's it's nice to go back to the familiar faves. So I feel vindicated in my usually terrible habit of rewatching the same five TV shows on repeat. So I figured I'd call out my my top fave of all time, which most people could probably guess at this point. Um, but also my favorite episodes from those shows. Um so one is obviously The Office. I rewatch it literally constantly. <laughs> uh, the best episode, in my opinion, is Fun Run. Uh, it's season four, episode one, when Michael hits Meredith with his car. <laughs> I just every part of that episode is amazing. Uh, the line that Michael delivers about like, "Am I a bad person? Do I a- occasionally run over a person with my car?" <laughs> I love it so much. Um, Second show, 30 Rock, obviously. Uh, My favorite episode, Sandwich Day, season two, episode 14, which has my favorite Jenna Maroney quote of all time, which is, a drinking contest? What am I, 12 and at my boyfriend's frat party? (laughs) 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 It's just like such a good joke. I love it so much. And the other episode of 30 Rock that I, I watch uh, on repeat is The Tuxedo Begins. A classic. Which is, that's so good. I have some favorite 30 Rock episodes that I would like to shout out, yeah. which is Black Light Attack. It's just, uh, these are all very lemon focused, but I love Black Light Attack a lot. Um, the Bubble is a great one. It's the John Hamm, beginning oh, yeah. of John Hamm. Uh, and then Gavin Velour, which is Steve Martin. I think these are just the ones I watch the most. And then Queen of Jordan, which is the episode that is like a reality show of Queen of Jordan. <laughs> and it's so good. I love every single one of them. Shit's Creek. Uh, my fave episode, I said, was Wine and Roses, which is season one, episode six. Uh, it is the episode where Moira has her own wine and delivers that amazing monologue <laughs> in the lee of a pick dress ridge. <laughs> Just the way that she says crab apple, crab apple. <laughs> I love it so much. I could watch that clip forever and be happy. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, my fave episode is Kimmy Goes to a Happy Place. It's the uh, season two, episode 10, where Titus goes to his boyfriend Mikey's family's house and he comes out to his family and they pan over to his grandma, who he calls Pupazza, and it's just fully a puppet. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I lose my shit, I just... (laughs) As I was looking up some of these episodes, I saw an interview that Tina Fey did where they asked her about um, the pupatsa. And she was like, yeah, we just thought, wouldn't it be funny if she was literally so old and wrinkly that she was a puppet? And (laughs) I have a friend who makes puppets. (laughs) It's like, sure, why not? Um, And then my 
fifth uh, top five favorite show of all time, Veep, obviously. And my favorite, I don't know if this is my favorite episode ever, but it's my favorite line is from Nicknames, season one, episode five. My favorite Selena line, which is, that's like trying to use a croissant. The way that she says croissant as a croissant, (laughs) that's like trying to use a croissant as a fucking dildo. No, no, let me be more clear. It doesn't do the job. And it makes a fucking mess. (laughs) I have a couple TV shows that these aren't necessarily my top favorite TV shows, but they're really good binging shows. It's basically the stuff I loved in college where I like wanted something that was like fun to get into with characters that I would love, but that wasn't like crazy heavy or anything like that. And the number one for me, although it does get heavy at times, is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So my college house the same one that the Dodge Caravan seat was stolen off of my porch I lived in that house with four other girls all five of us were in relationships and then over the course of one weekend only one of us was in a relationship oh good and uh it was a very intense time and so that was when we all started watching Buffy and then really only me and my friend Aaron kept going but we ended up watching all of it and like it's just so fun and just like you feel really powerful watching it. Um, but it's just it's it's a great it's a great show and it's a really fun one to binge. Like if you haven't gotten into it yet, there's still time and the time is now. Um, and another one that's similar in that vein is the X-Files. And if it's like too much to watch all of them, there's the mythology arc. It's like all of the storyline that has to do with Mulder's sister being abducted by aliens. And you can find all the episodes that have to do with that. So you have like a more of an overarching narrative to it on Wikipedia. Like they just they list all those episodes. And so that's a really fun one. I know I've said this a hundred times, but really good time to watch Joe Para talks with you because it's so <laughs> soothing and calming and it's just so good. Um, and then the other two that are like really for when you want to melt your brain are Riverdale and the OC. Really recommend it. Really fun and dumb. And it's all, those are also all fun shows to watch. If you don't have roommates right now and there's no one in the house, it's a fun one to like watch and then talk about with friends. Um, all of those shows are, are pretty good for that. So those are the things that I think are worth spending your time watching right now that are fun and that you'll like get into and love the characters and just go on, go on adventures while we can't. So yeah, those are some of the shows and some of the stuff that's bringing us a little bit of joy during these tough and trying times. Hopefully you can go check out some of those things or think about all the stuff that brings you joy during this, the end of the world for now. Hopefully not. We'll be fine. Maybe. We'll see. My guest complainer today is actress Erin Hayes and comedian and very funny person. Uh, You know her from Children's Hospital as Dr. Lola Spratt, and now you can see her reprising that role in Medical Police on Netflix. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hi. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So we like to start by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Concerts. Yes. I don't <laughs> love them. I right. do, here's the thing. I say that, of course, yes. I have been to some good concerts. Mm-hmm. But the idea of going to a concert and like, where am I going to stand? Someone's going to be jostling me to get into a better position. And if you get there early, then especially, and then you're just going to be annoyed at the people all around you all night long yeah. for the whole fucking thing. And then all... Also, like, what about weird dancing? You know, like, you feel like it's not super dark and it's also not a dance floor. So I can't really, like, unleash my moves. You're kind of, it depends on the concert, you know, in the space. But if you're, like, yeah, in the, like, GA area and everybody's crammed against each other, you're really just gyrating on a stranger in front of you. Yeah, I'm kind of more into now the concerts that you just have a seat and you listen to stuff because there's so much less pressure. You know, but, like, the concerts that I would go to because my friends were in bands in the, like, back in, well, they still are, but, like, going to concerts when I first moved to L.A. Yeah. It would just be in bars. And then you're like, 
like, oh, I should really dance to because these are my friends and I want them to feel supported. But this is such awkward dancing. It's so awkward. I went to a, a Barbara Streisand concert recently. As Ooh, you, la as la, you, you as do. one does. <laughs> Everybody sat the whole time. It was like the opera. <laughs> right? I'm yeah. kind of now a little bit more into that. Like for that setting, it was perfect. Yes. Yeah. Or... I want to go and, like, have some space on the side yeah. to, like, actually maybe dance. Right. If I feel so inclined. Exactly. You like the options. The option. But also, like, people are like, you got to go to Coachella. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm not going to Coachella. I don't want to be hot. I don't want to overpay for water. I don't want to go pee-pee in a bucket no. of yeah. pee-pee. Music uh, festival porta-potties. Of the... Of the Spectrum of porta potties. Yeah, they are near the bottom, if not the the actual bottom. Like if there's drugs, which there always are drugs. I don't have a high tolerance for a ton of people on drugs. No, yeah. Only the people that I are my friends that I have done the drugs with. Sure, <laughs> like, that's the only people I want to <laughs> hang out with. On even drugs. that to me is a stretch. Well, yeah, you know, it's always like the one friend that's like oh, that fucking guy can't uh, right. hang, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, before you know it, they've destroyed a porta potty and then you feel Ugh. responsible. Yeah. No, there's nothing worse. The music festival, that is a whole different level of concert. That's a whole different level. But then there's the people that are like, you gotta see this artist while they're still touring. And I'm like, do I? Yeah. Because I thoroughly, I don't. I guess I just haven't been to enough life-changing concerts in my life to get like high on that that yeah. I need to go. Who is an artist where you if they're playing you have to see them? Listen. Neutral Milk Hotel came to the Hollywood Bowl and I was very happy I went to go see them uh -huh. once live. Okay. I would like to see a Willie Nelson concert. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Does he still I guess he still performs, I right? guess I don't know. If he was coming close to my house. Sure. Then I would <laughs> <laughs> consider getting a You'll ticket. wander outside. Yeah. yeah. I will say the one concert I enjoyed so much more than I thought I was going to, and it's not even a concert, it's like the symphony. Like I went to the Hollywood Bowl by myself uh -huh. to see Beethoven's Ninth, which is my favorite symphony, and I like brought my knitting and I had my <laughs> wine and I sat there and it's so fascinating because they have the huge screens now, you know, with the cameras going yeah. close-ups. And you don't know that you want to see a symphony close up until you see it. Yeah. And then I was like enthralled. Like, who is that silver fox? Who is that woman who is basically filleting her oboe thing, you know, or clarinet reed? <laughs> it's very sensual, the it's whole very, thing. I'm like, oh, nobody likes that lady. This person is a trip. Like, watching the dynamics of the symphony people was... I didn't know it was a need I needed scratched. Right, right. I, at this point, I've given up on not, not talking about people I've gone on dates with on this podcast. Sure, sure. <laughs> They're going to hear it, probably. Yeah. Um, but I just was on a horrible date with someone who played the French horn. And I was like, oh. that is the least sexy instrument you Is that you one of the ones that they like, have to constantly wet, too? I think like, so. Mm, mm, mm. And he like got, I actually said, I was like, that is the least sexy instrument you could have said. And he he got like so offended yeah. and then tried to like defend the fact that playing the French horn was sexy. Was sexy. Um, so anyway, That's yeah, a tough one. We're married now. Yeah. <laughs> so he might listen to it. But I guess there is, you know, if you have uh, a, a nice, like, symphonic setup where you have a close-up camera, you can make right? it sexy. But in sure. that moment, I was like, no, sir. <laughs> not, not good enough. Uh, but yeah, we'll find out. I guess. Well, I'm not pursuing that. Well, I'm going to go watch videos fine. of people doing the close-up French horn now to see if you're right you or really, if you're yeah. wrong. I'm going to see how turned on I get. Maybe I stand to be corrected. I yeah. I I'm going to call you back and be like, I was so horny after that. <laughs> you are 100 percent wrong. I guess there are some instruments that require certain like mouth work. Yeah, uh, because they have to constantly keep their reed wet. Sure. Yeah. And there was one woman that I was watching that I was like. Give it a rest, lady. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, the two people sitting next to you are not blowing She's their instrument as feasting. much as you are. 
the like, uh, it's yeah. a weird movement. But I love, I love that experience. The sound of you just bringing knitting. It was so glorious. <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah. I wouldn't have thought to bring something to do. Well. But the Hollywood were... Bowl is like outside benches. People bring picnics. So you can sit and like literally picnic while you're having right. a concert That's or right. before. So I knew the vibe of it already. Also, I was by myself. And I don't like to just be the person sitting there looking at my phone. Yeah, yeah. So I brought, you know, I had a project. No, I like that. I've been trying to spend less time on my phone because uh, that is like the impulse is just, oh, I'm I'm doing nothing right now. Yeah. I should be looking at my phone. Yeah. Do you ever look back and be like, shit, I wonder what I could have done last year if we hadn't <laughs> had cell phones? Like, My, there's so many projects. Yeah, I could have come up with the coronavirus vaccine by now. Oh, but my, put your phone down. <laughs> Heal us all. My phone is fucking us all up. Yeah. I, yeah. And you're not even a virologist. <laughs> my my high school superlative was most likely to cure cancer, and I'm not doing Wait. a very good job. <laughs> Are you also a side doctor? Uh, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but I'm actually a doctor. No, I am absolutely <laughs> not. I briefly thought of being a pre-med major. But then you were like, I'm going to prove them all wrong. And host a podcast. Host a podcast. <laughs> no. Did you, did you have a high school superlative? No, I didn't get anything. No. You know, And I was mad about it, too. <laughs> because I was in theater all the time. Yeah. And then it was like every play, everything like that. And then the person who got, like, whatever it is, what even is the one that you get for theater? Like, most dramatic or, like, I guess most, most likely, likely to, to win an Oscar most li- Yeah, most likely to win an Oscar was some bitch that did one commercial. And it was like, what? <laughs> she doesn't even care about the craft. Uh, right. She's... <laughs> I mean, where is yeah. she now? Where is she now? Yeah. I think Modesta. <laughs> Her body is buried. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I I read so you were you went to a theater camp. You were a you were a theater camp person? No, I don't think um Oh, I made that I up. I didn't. You made that up. I mean, but I did theater all growing up. I did I was like <laughs> to be th- fair, in high school. I'm pretty sure I was listening to uh I went to your Instagram. I'm just going to yes. explain the no, stalking. No, no. Go, go to it. And you just did an interview with someone else, a, a joke Coy. Oh, Joe Coy. Joe Coy. Joe Coy. And I thought you said you went to theater camp. Oh, it might have talked about it when we did Children's Hospital. It was like six weeks every year. So it felt like summer camp for theater. I Maybe see. There's I see. Yeah. Um, but no, I did, but I did do theater all growing up and through high school and through mm-hmm, college. Mm-hmm. And I never even thought that was an option. Now yeah. I come out here and I, people are like, oh, my, I, I went to theater camp for summer. I'm like, there was theater camp? <laughs> I would have loved that. Uh, I also read. Uh, well, you tweeted this that on the on the first day of the sitcom that you were on, uh, you threw up seven times in one day, and I'm oh just like so impressed by that feat. Just the capacity. Yes. <laughs> Even had that much barf in me. Um, that was that was gnarly because it was interesting because it was when we were shooting the pilot of mm-hmm. Kevin Can Wait, and we had been on Long Island rehearsing for like a way too long. Mm-hmm. So we finally get to tape, you know, the day before tape night because it was a sitcom, so it was a live studio audience right. taping. And I went to dinner with my manager and was like, "I'm gonna eat light. I'll <laughs> order the fish." And then four o'clock in the morning was like, oh, "The fish," <laughs> and started throwing up and was like, "I have." to. There's no the audience is called. This is the night everybody is doing. So I was like, I can I can do it. I went called them. Went in a little bit later. They were like, we'll because usually on sitcoms they will tape as much of this. They'll pre-tape right just to have safety, mm-hmm. you know. And then you get what you get. And usually, usually you don't use a lot of the pre-tape because the audience show the energy is better. But they were like, we'll, we'll just stay resting and we won't pre-tape with you and then it was just getting later and later I was sitting in hair and makeup holding a um, trash can on my lap so that I could just throw up while I was getting my hair done and then it was they brought a doctor on and they gave me an IV drip Mm -hmm. and then you feel like you're like I'm back you know I know like food in my body yeah and had to do the show and then collapsed like afterwards. Yeah, Audience <laughs> left. And then they you go, we have some weight. pickups. And I was like, but not, not me, right? Because I, I needed to be all done. 
And they're like, no, 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 you just have to now re-get into every single one of your outfits just to do portions of the scenes. I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah, and when you're uh, sick, it's like putting yeah. on pants is the, the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. Yeah. It yeah. was really intense. Yeah. I've thrown up like four times in the last eight years. Oh, really? I That's hate it? the sensation of it so much. Like, I would do anything in my power to prevent it from happening. Yeah, I if I if I feel bad, I'm like I think I'm gonna go throw up and like put, go just stand over a toilet bag. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there are people where it's like it's not in like, an unhealthy co- way. Exactly. I just yeah. feel if my stomach is legitimately upset. Yeah, it is pretty easy, and I don't. I I'm like whatever. I mean, there is a, there is a, uh, an anatomical or biological reason for it. Yeah, my husband won't do it because it comes out his nose. Oh my god! Isn't that terrible? <laughs> I mean, all of on it on like, purpose. No, no, no. He does not willingly. It just comes out his mouth and his nose. Isn't that just so messed up? Yeah. His stomach is just sending it up it's like, with a such force. Such force. <laughs> Ew. Ew. I can't believe I said that. Uh, and before I ask, I do I do want to ask about um, the Netflix show. Yes. Um, which is oddly prescient. In, in Good Lord. The plot, the the. Broad, yes, what the is broad, the, the log line is? The, yeah, well, I mean, I don't have the log line down, but like <laughs> that's supposed to be like the ele- you know, the elevator right. pitch. But no, it is, uh, we are some American doctors who work in Brazil. We go off like trying to solve this worldwide viral outbreak uh-huh. of a disease. And we travel all around the globe tracking down who made it and how, you know, trying to trying to solve it. Right. And it is this world-threatening yeah. virus. Yeah. And then we'd go to, like, this point, like, if it reaches this percentage, then that means we're, we're fucked, you know? <laughs> and we're, like, fighting the worldwide contagion. Yeah. And everybody's got the virus. I mean, on our show, it's much more deadly. It's everybody dies. But Right. Uh, there was—I I don't know. I, I probably have been obsessing a little too much uh, today and, like, listening and reading all about this shit and how, like— it's, like, going to be fine, but also we might also have it's to— it's going to be everywhere. <laughs> but also, like, everyone's going to get it. Yeah. So, yeah, so you play this um, doctor slash— Well, yeah. See, it's called medical police, but we're not really police. But we do get tasked with being this, like, you know, undercover force that's trying to track down this virus— it's strange because um, this being a spinoff of Children's Hospital, which we did for seven seasons, right? no episode was connected to the next episode. Everything was kind of standalone to go into this 10-episode, half-hour season of a show with a real arc and like an actual plot that we need to be like, well, hold on. Did the person have the virus? That How far along is this virus in that person? And what information did we give? Was so unnerving. We're like, what, wait, what are we doing here? I don't, I have to remember plot. This is hard. Yeah. But it was really fun. It felt like like the natural progression of what this children's hospital should turn into is like, let's explore a new kind of thing with these characters where there really is an arc and callbacks and like all of it. So it was it was really fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was another item that we didn't talk about um, that you'd sent in earlier, which was that you have this kind of love-hate relationship with movie trailers. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't. It's been a journey for me. (laughs) Yeah. I want to talk about this journey. Well, I just, when I was growing up, I don't like the pressure of seeing movie trailers in a theater because you know what you do is you sit with a friend or you sit with someone in your family and you watch a movie trailer and then what do you and then you're supposed to give your opinion about whether you think it's good and if you want to see it. And I'd be like, I went into this like paralysis to be like, I don't I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I think I want to see that. It seems good. I like this pressure (laughs) or people being like, Oh, my God. And I'd be like, oh, God, I kind of thought it looked good, you know, or I thought it looked terrible and someone else thought it looked good. So I didn't like them. My God, this is like deep, like psychological. Yeah. Right. But then I started to grow up a little bit and be like, it's okay, Aaron. (laughs) Cut yourself some slack. That's beautiful. You can like it or not. And you know what? You can like a trailer and hate the movie. Like this is not true be-all, end-all opinion of this product. Yeah. There is that weird, like, overwhelming pressure. Pressure! When the movie trailer ends, 
and you have like five seconds. You're supposed to. It's expected. That if you don't turn and give your opinion, it's like weird. Weird, right? Yeah. Like if you just sat and didn't say anything from one trailer to the next, your friend would be like, I guess you hate me. <laughs> yeah. Why do you hate me? Oh, are we not talking now? Like, it's because it's still that accepted time in yeah. within the movie where you can chat. So that if you don't chat, what are you, some kind of monster? I uh, want to move into, uh, we, we call it a game, a, okay. a segment called uh, a lab or hate, where we found some things that you expressed your hatred of on Twitter. And I just oh. want you to uh, elaborate. Okay, okay. This tweet from 2018. Any other parents out there that absolutely hate the pressure of Elf on the Shelf? I can't stand it. <laughs> Elf on the Every Shelf. Every night. Did you grow up with Elf on the Shelf? Nobody grew up with Elf on the Shelf, except I've... for this children 10 and under. Is that how new it is? I it's... I don't know when it emerged. It emerged in my children's lifetime, and my children are 10 and 12. And you see the people who are so creative. <laughs> like, I'm a creative person. But the pressure to come up with a scenario every single night, because it moved on. At first, it was just hide it around the house. Right. So you could just put it up on a shelf and be like, I don't know. And your kids are like really young and they're kind of like dumb enough that it takes them all day to find him hanging on a light fixture. (laughs) And then you see all these people that are like creating scenes where they they have more than one and they're going skiing in the sugar and they've got <laughs> yeah. they've 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 got clothes and friends and like there's whole setups every night which means that like at 8:30 or 9 o'clock every single night when their kids go to bed they are like what should we do today and, you know, like taking out all the clothes and cut like cutting little or making snow angels like Ugh. Yeah, there's. Ugh. I didn't even know. So the concept of Elf on the Shelf is that there's this little twink elf with like yeah. a dunce cap that yeah. is supposed to be like a spy. It totally is a twink. <laughs> Such a <laughs> twink. Absolutely yeah. no body fat. Zero body None. fat. But also no muscle definition. Well, yeah, so it's like, true. Make it um, make sense. So you're supposed to hide it in a new place every day, mm-hmm. but the kids can't touch it because he's – it's also really messed up, too, because <laughs> it's like he's watching. And every night he flies up to Santa and reports on your behavior. It's just Big Brother. Right. Like, and then, you know, Santa Claus is going to judge you and give you presents or not. So it's super messed up that way. And then, like, if you do get creative a couple times, then what? Now you got to do that all the time? <laughs> yeah, you really you have to ease into like, it. You can't just then, like, after he's making snow angels and powdered sugar with his buddies, all the Lego men, then you're just going to hide him on a shelf the next day? Right. It also sounds like the the elf on the shelf is doing is having too much fun for what his job is. Right. Yeah. Get it together. <laughs> Stop doing you snow angels. You had time angels. to fly to Santa and back and get into my crap? <laughs> no, yeah. You have a job to do, which is to watch, <laughs> We've to look at children all day. Too, because we do Christmas up north at my in-law's house. So, like, one time we just forgot to pack him. So, in the car ride at a, like, rest stop, we had to call his parents and be like, you have to go to the store right now and buy a new elf on a shelf. Dark hair, blue eyes. It's the one, this, the, and buy that one and hide it somewhere in your house. And she was like, on it. And she did it. And the kids got there and was like, who is that? <laughs> and we're like, oh my gosh, it must be a different one. Like, well, maybe Dobie wanted to stay at our house. So then it was Doobie, his cousin. Sure, sure. So then we've got a whole story like that. Yeah. And then another time we put him too close to a light fixture and like he literally burned our almost burned our house down. Like his <laughs> butt got charred. It, so, at, but we how put, twinky of him. Right. <laughs> <the> charred ass. <laughs> so then we had to be like, Santa will fix him, right? Santa mm-hmm. will of course fix him. So we had to run to the store and get another one. The uh, the sheer amount of, of effort and expenses that and goes also, into this. It's happening at a time when you're putting together goddamn Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Like, every day has to be magical. Save it. It's nice that Girl Scouts has started again so I can renew my hate affair with stupid fucking never sticking iron on patches. <laughs> God, I don't even remember tweeting any of this stuff. This, these were some older ones. Yeah, that's an older one. 
But they are like they because every time they they get something, you have to iron there's a it patch on. and there's a new patch, and they're like janky and they don't stick. And you're going, how long should I really keep an iron on this patch? Right. Because two minutes feels like too long. Yeah. And then I just started being like, fuck it, I'm gonna sew them. <laughs> I'm sewing them on. That they're makes more a sense. Getting loosely sewed on patch and I'm not even going to pull the the like I'm not going to cut it and pull it up and go on to, I'm going to there's going to be a trail I'm going to sew them all on at once and there's going to be a sewing trail <laughs> to the next patch you might as at that point just staple gun it on I, I'm the laziest mom <laughs> yeah, that's more effort really than like I put in anything like a weird little anything. snail trail between their patches yeah on the back of their vest but last this last Halloween I did something where I was gonna iron on uh, patches and they're like th- that technology has not advanced no. in decades there must be a trick but I don't know it uh, okay last one alright it's, surpri- uh, it's surprising how much hate I feel for the parents in the seat ahead of me that just gave their kid chocolate milk before takeoff I wonder what I meant by that. <laughs> Me did, too. Why did they get... When did I put that? I think this was like maybe 2011. It okay, was, it was then pretty, I wouldn't we have been flying back. with my kids. It's probably like, why are you jacking your kids up right before flight? Yeah. Just so they're going to be like, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play. And yeah. I, yeah. Unless that chocolate milk is laced with like a trank. <laughs> But then, you know what? Now that my kids are a little bit older and or when they were at an age, I get... I am like judging how judgy I was back then because all parenting bets are off on a plane. Give them whatever they goddamn want. Yeah. So that they are happy and content because it's the parents that try to keep stuff from their kids that then the kids whine and complain and cry. I've realized that now. Uh, Well, before we let you go, where can people uh, find you and your work? Well, you can go on Netflix right now and watch Medical Police. All 10 episodes are streaming. They're fun half hour. It's like a turn your brain off kind of silly, uh, silly smart comedy. Um, You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Hayes Lady. And I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I got a lot of stuff online. You can go take a look. Yeah. And uh, everything else you've been in. Uh, Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Super fun. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Well, chasers are usually the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down. But we already did that for the whole episode. So today, we're just going to complain a little bit, give ourselves one thing to vent about. Barry, what are you venting about today? My vent is also a little bit of a chaser, which is that I'm moving, which is so exciting. Like I have been looking for an apartment since January and we finally found this incredible apartment. It's in Fort Greene. It's on the second floor. So I'll actually have sunlight because I don't have any right now. You can jump out of it. I can jump out of it finally. No, I've lived on a ground floor apartment for five years now, and it is um, not good for me mentally. (laughs) Um, And so I'm so excited about it, but we're supposed to move April 1st, and I don't know how the fuck we're going to do it. (laughs) Um, Like, I think we're going to find a moving company and be able to do it that way, but it's just like, it's, it's like the stress of moving already exists without all of this happening and I'm so fucking privileged and I have my job and like there are so many things that like I don't need to complain about but like just for the sake of like one complaint today is like how many boxes are we gonna need and like what are we gonna do for moving I just ugh, I don't know so yeah so it's just like the regular stress of moving exists and I want to vent about that and then adding a pandemic on that is like what <laughs> so I'm yeah, that's my event this week is figuring out how we're going to move internet and like remembering all of our utilities and also like forwarding addresses. <laughs> Ugh, it's fine. What about yeah. you? What are you venting about? No, that is the crazy thing to me is that it's like when like shit is bad enough already and then you add in those things that are like would be annoying under regular circumstances but and now it's like fuck i want to like feel bad about this thing but it but feels like tiny in comparison <laughs> so that's why we're allowing this um my my tiny personal complaint is that my sink broke and it's driving me insane <laughs> i i tweeted this so yes. uh, 
Basically, I have a I have a kitchen sink that has one of those like hose sprayers on the side. And for the past several months, it occasionally gets stuck where I go to use the sprayer and then the sprayer doesn't shut off and the water will only come out through the sprayer, not through the main faucet, no matter what I touch or wiggle or slam. And usually with enough wiggling or slamming, it, it, it goes back to the main faucet, but this time it just didn't. And it's super frustrating because I don't know how to fix it. I emailed my super. He was like, you need to replace this part. But also, I can't come into your apartment right now. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know if he's sick and doesn't want to or if he's just like, I'm not going to anybody's apartment. Um, So he was like, here's the part that you can order. So now I have to figure out how to fucking become a plumber myself. You're going to be a plumber. My makeshift solution in the meantime, which has proven me, um, has proven effective so far, is that I just duct taped (laughs) the sprayer (laughs) to the faucet and pointed it downwards so that when I turn it on, it comes, it still comes out of the hose thing, but it's (laughs) it's coming out where the regular faucet is generally geographically. Genius. You're basically Mario. Was he a plumber? Yeah. I'm proud but of it's you. just like now I'm going to have to be it's going to have to be like this for like several weeks, for, at least <laughs> for the length of quarantine until I feel safe enough to like have a plumber come into my apartment or the super. I love it. But you know what? I'm making the most of it. That is the that is the problem is like, oh, now I'm in my apartment literally all day. And so I have no I've like have to look at it. I have to look. at It's like a reminder of my failing <laughs> of not going to plumbing school. Anyway, I'm glad we got that off our chests. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to our unconventional, remote, unhappy hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry pie you can worship me at matt bellisai and you can follow unhappy hour pod on twitter for all the latest podcast buzz and that's it that's everything thank you for listening see you next week Uh, bye-bye we're gonna make it after all